Cool. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Real Talk podcast with Red Feather Fitness here, where we're real men having real conversations and real talk. Good to see you again. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's good to be here, man. Mm. We spent a couple of hours just now out in the bush and uh, filming some awesome content for you guys and, yeah. you know, just trying to walk the talk of what it is that we're doing and promoting and yep. getting out, which was good, man. Yeah, it was really good. I definitely needed it. Um, yeah, I got very sick of the beach and everything mm. um, where I'm living, so it's <coughs> nice to be back in, the, back in the forest and everything around here. Um, super excited about today's episode and today's chat going into basically some things that we dislike and some things we want <laughs> to debunk about the fitness community and the spiritual community as a whole. So mm. I'm going to ruffle some feathers. And I'm looking yeah, but it's important that we, I guess, provide our perspective and, yeah. you know, we give, um, give people a different perspective and approach to when it comes to things like fitness and to spirituality and communities and things that you and I have both been really involved in, but yep. perhaps we're a little bit more light, we feel it needs to be sort of shined. So um, let's let's jump straight in, man. Let's probably start with what do you reckon the fitness industry? Fitness industry, I think yeah, and like the first point of contact, I think is like fad diets. Okay. Um, so these typical ones like you know your carnivore diets, keto, uh-huh. um, vegan, vegetarian, like all these kind of really super high constrictive, um, yeah, fad diets that mm. are kind of super around for a little while and then they're not. Um, and really, they're just bullshit. Yeah, you done any of these diets yourself? Um, I've done carnivore myself. Yeah. Um, I haven't done vegan or vegetarian myself. I've done okay. keto though. Okay. And when you, yeah, in my experience, when you restrict anything to a huge amount, yeah, it's to a massive detriment to yourself, mm. especially over time. Mm-hmm. It may work over six months. Yeah. You lose a little bit of weight and everything, and yeah. you feel good for six months. But you know, you can do anything for six months and feel good. Right, right, right. And not to totally rip you know, things apart from the get-go, like um, there's there's benefits and people receive some benefits from certain diets and, you know, there's a lot of rabbit holes around autoimmune and bits and pieces like that. Yeah. You know, I was vegan for, for almost two years, mm-hmm. vegetarian for a little bit more than that. <laughs> Let's just say it was fun while it lasted and I'm glad it didn't last any longer than it sort of needed to. But what do you think is kind of like the gaps or mm. some of the setbacks that these, you know, fad diets are kind of um, creating for people? Yeah. I think one thing I'll say to preface before we get into that is like really when you compare these kind of these diets to the typical, you know, we're in Australia, the typical Australian's diet, uh-huh. you do any of these diets and you do them properly, mm. you're going to be healthier than the average person, you know, that's eating McDonald's and okay. all this other kind of stuff. Yeah. So I want to preface that. But I don't think that cutting out any food group entirely from mm. your diet is really the right answer. Okay. And obviously humans are very different from person to person. We all have different like dietary preferences and all that kind of stuff. But when you're going and cutting out meat entirely, or you're going out and completely cutting out vegetables and fruits and all mm. that kind of stuff, it may work for you for six months. Right. Twelve months maybe. Right. But I'm sure like in your experience with vegan and being vegetarian, it starts to catch up to you in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, if you start cutting out meat and everything, your protein sources are gonna diminish massively Mm -hmm. especially if you go vegan and then a lot of the times if you're an active person who's training regularly and you're wanting to actually build muscle build strength and that kind of stuff if you're not getting your sources of creatine your sources of protein right um from meat and animal and and um like ethical dairy sources yeah if you're not getting it from there 
you can't really get it in any decent amounts from real food in the vegan spectrum. Mm. So you have to start getting like soy protein powders and, and all that kind of stuff and supplementation. Yeah. Um, and supplementation is a big, uh, it's a, like an umbrella thing around all of these restrictive kind of fad diets. Mm. You can't do any one of them for an extended period of time without supplementing something. And I'm a massive believer that you shouldn't be supplementing anything at all mm. unless you absolutely have to for some sort of medical reason. Yeah, yeah, well, I feel like, you know, definitely in today's society with, with quality of food, quality of soil, things like that, there's definitely a, a time and place where supplement supplements help, you know, if you have specific training goals and things like that, but you shouldn't need supplements every single day based upon your fad diet or your food preferences or this identity. And that's that's a big part of, of this thing is, is like this identity. Yeah. Like I know from my own experience when I went vegan and, you know, no real hate for, for vegans out there. If it's working for you, fucking good for you. Didn't work for me. But a big reason why I got into that was this like identity, this label, like oh, I'm a vegan. And actually, I actually had, I didn't realize at the time I had this like this ego, this like narcissistic like, I'm better than you because mm. I care about the planet and I care about the animals and I'm doing this like really conscious thing. And I see a lot of people also fall into this trap, like the labeling, I am vegan, I am keto, I am carnivore. And I feel like it's a weird thing that we humans like to um, associate ourselves with these labels and these identifiers and mm -hmm. I am this, this sort of thing. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And at the end of the day, man, like... Nobody really gives a fuck about what you eat. Yeah. You know, like, I, I, I've never actually like had a conversation with someone and be like, oh, that's so interesting. You actually eat that? Wow, you're yeah. not a very good person. Like Nobody actually creates those staff judgments, but society and everything has kind of created that for us. Mm. Um, and it's a bit of a meme now to like, you know, hate vegans and vegetarians and that kind of stuff. Right. But um, yeah, I think the ego and, and part of it is, like, is, is a massive part of it. And... It's a shame because especially in the in the situation of like vegans and vegetarians, a lot of them are doing it because they think that it's, you know, they believe it's helping the environment and helping animals and their carbon footprint right, and right, you right. name it. But in reality, it's just not. And they've been kind of fed this massive lie. Um, yeah. And, you know, more and more evidence is coming out about it now, but it's... Yeah, it, it's that pedestaling and it's that ego where it's like, I don't eat animals, so I'm not a murderer, you are. When in reality, they're forgetting about the thousands of moles and bugs and yep. everything that had to be killed to get their kale and you name it. Yep. So, yeah, it's, it's, this, it's this ego that comes from a place of really, like, falsehood. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's enough, like, if, if someone has a belief about something, right, because we all want to have beliefs and we want our beliefs to be reinforced so that it makes us feel better about ourselves and our choices. You can find any surmountable evidence to, to reinforce your belief, whether it's vegan, whether it's carnivore, whether it's keto, right? There are people who are doing studies out there to reinforce that why one is better than the other. But the reality is, you know, why it's all bullshit is because we fucking know what we should and we really shouldn't eat, you know? And, and as you said, I think what really works well about these fads initially for people is the fact that often what 99.9% .9 of these fads have in common is actually they're getting rid of the crap food. Exactly. You know, like if you go on vegan, you stop having all these shitty dairy products and cookies and cakes, or if you go carnivore, you're not eating, food, you know, same, the foods you're not sensitive to. So it, it, it works. But again, is it fucking sustainable long term? Yeah. You know, like, is it sustainable to 
be able to not go out with friends and, and there's nothing on the menu that you can eat or, yep. you know, you're on a fucking hike and someone's got beef jerky and you're absolutely starving yourself and you can't eat it because you're, you know, no reasons. And I think if we just focus less on the labels mm -hmm. and more on actually just fueling our body with right, good nutrition in, in balanced means, yep. then I think you're pretty much all the way there. Yeah, I completely agree, man. You, you brought up some very good points. Um, yeah, it's especially like this, like to the vegans and vegetarian stuff as well that, you know, are doing it for, you know, quote unquote, the right reasons. Yeah. They want to protect animals and everything. Right. You're going to be killing animals regardless. But all you're doing is you're cutting out a food group mm. for the wrong reasons and just putting yourself in detriment. Mm. Like you said, like you, you go out and you know, you're in a life or death situation. All you have is beef jerky. What are you going to do? Yeah. You're probably going to have that beef jerky. You're going to eat the grass. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're going to eat the grass and pull some bark off a tree. Um, yeah. So yeah, really all these diets do is they just, they actually put you at a detriment and you're, you're cutting out a, a food group either way. Like, yeah. if, you know, same with carnivores and, and keto and stuff like that as well. Like there are benefits to eating things like fruit and, and, you know, vegetables to some degree as well. And by cutting out something completely for no reason other than what you think and the, and the, the values that you have and the, what's the word, the label that you put in yeah. For that whole reason, you're just hurting yourself. Mm. Um, and none of these diets work for an extended period of time mm. unless there is a, like an actual medical issue that is necessitating that. Of course, of um, course. You know, you, you have some people who have severe autoimmune issues that are made worse by things like vegetables and, and gluten and stuff, so you have to cut that out and go full carnivore. Those are the exception. They don't make the rule. Yes, um, very true. Which is an important thing. Yeah, and the other thing you, you sort of said earlier, which I want to circle back to, is, is around supplementation, mm -hmm. right? And the reality is 90% of supplementations, it's, it's an industry, just like a pharmaceutical industry, right? It's, it's a money-making machine, and any successful, and I keep throwing them under the bus, vegans that I see in terms of like the fitness and bodybuilding space every day are like multiple scoops of their you know, vegan protein, multiple scoops of this, um, even like keto and ketones and all this sort of stuff, like it's all a massive money conglomerate and, and a brand and you're paying money and you're working really hard and now, you know, you're supporting these things. And that really leads into the next part of our conversation is often all of these supplements and these labels and diets are promoted by fitness influencers. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, that's a perfect segue. And... Yeah, one thing I'll say on, on supplementation and the way that they're kind of like presented and stuff is yeah. that this is a massive money-making scheme. Yeah. It's like a billion-dollar industry. And every, pretty much, you know, pretty much every single company that sells this kind of stuff, proteins and stuff especially, they cut corners. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of different things that people aren't aware of, um, especially with, with protein and protein powders, whether it's vegan or not. If you look at a protein powder and it says it has 25 grams of protein per serve or whatever, they don't actually, like the way they test to see how much protein is in there is by the nitrogen balance of that protein. Yeah, right. And they can actually put different chemicals and different things into it to bump that nitrogen balance up so yeah. that it makes the system go, oh, it's got 25 grams of protein, when in reality it may have five or 10. Wow. So you're just throwing money down the drain and you're not actually getting the protein that you're kind of paying your money for. Right. Um, and these fitness influ influencers that have no idea what they're talking about, who are paid to promote products that they have no idea about, yeah. that they most likely don't even use. Right. Um, <laughs> especially for the male in the male section, you have yeah. these male like these males who are, you know, have been taking trend for three years and are absolutely jacked 
to the gills, like yeah. juice to the gills. And they're like, yeah, I, I got this way because I woke yeah. up at 4 a.m. every day and I grinded hard. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. Like supplements really, no matter who you are, unless you are a elite athlete, yeah. it is your job to be in best physical health. They're useful to you. Otherwise, practically, practically useless. Right, right. Well, it's the same as your analogy yesterday um, with the Lamborghini, right? Mm. You know, so it's like supplementations are just like, the cherry on top right yes. like but if the, if the car's broken the engine doesn't work because you're just fueling yourself with you feel like no supplement is gonna like replace or fix your inadequacies in the food you put in your mouth you can't just smash donuts all day and be like but i took a multivitamin <laughs> exactly. so i'm totally all good exactly. yeah. yeah yeah i didn't sleep last night no but like this pre-workout's fucking awesome yeah <laughs> like, oh it is fucking awesome too you just cook your adrenals and exactly. you can't train at all and then yeah you can't sleep the next night yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's funny because like these, these these fitness influencers, and look, some of them may have the best intentions, and I'm sure there are a minority of them that really do and, and do really have the the passion. But I guess what I really fucking hate about them is um, the falsehood that they're creating within people. And let's say let's just talk about men. You know, you get these guys who've literally been training in the gym for fucking probably ten years. You know, um, they've got their nutrition dialed in, they've got their sleep dialed in, they've got all these things dialed in, and then they just launch these stupid fucking 30-day shred programs, right? Yeah. You, you know, you want to look like me, and there's so much like ego and narcissism, and like, look at me, look how fucking cool I am, look at these tricks I can do, look how shredded I am. Mm. It's always the highlight reel, right? Yeah. It's like the finished product where very few people I see, and that we really want to show is like, what is the process? What have you gone through? Like, what challenges have come up for you? How many injuries have you had? Like, how long did it actually take you to get to this place? Because we get sold the, the six-pack or we get sold this. And the reality is 30-day to shred is it's not going to cut it. No, it doesn't. And yeah, like you said, they don't show everything else in their life that has been basically made a huge detriment because of the six-pack they're showing. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, if you're, if you're looking at these fitness influencers that have, like, these freaking godly physiques, like, they're Greek gods yeah. in flesh, you look at these guys, the rest of their life probably sucks. Mm. And it's something that our, like, our own, own inner critic and that part of us that, you know, likes to, uh, likes to compare ourselves to other people, basically the way it works is it will take this massive picture yeah. and it will pick one arbitrary useless pointless thing right compare it to us like for like yeah and go he's better than me in that regard oh mm. okay so he's better than me everywhere gotcha i don't yeah. look like this guy so his life is so much better than mine yeah well that's it he could be absolutely jacked and shredded and yeah. totally mistreat his partner or his wife or yeah. he could be absolutely fucking broke yep. or he could be suffering some serious mental health problems uh, which nobody knows about no. and we'll just try and fix all of those things with uh cutting down another couple of cent of, of body fat. And I've, I've, I've been there, you know, for yeah. the listeners and the viewers at home, like, you know, I'm in, I'm in pretty okay shape at the moment. I've been in even better shape where I was super lean and, and super jacked and um, the things that I thought every young man wanted that would make me feel happy. And dude, I had to like spend so much time training, so much time eating, so much time sleeping, so much mm -hmm. time taking supplements, the money. Um, and all it did for me was just fucking burn me out. Um, 
no matter how ripped or muscular I got, I fucking hated myself. And it's like the better in shape I got, the more self-hatred I had. And it was just a vicious cycle that led yeah. to kind of nowhere. Yeah, man. And like when you find when these, when people and with ourselves, when we put so much importance and focus onto these arbitrary things, mm. it just leaves the massive detriment of everything else in our right. life uh, with no actual real gain. Mm. It's, you know, it's not like we're, you know, working to, to, you know, change a country or like some big grand thing yeah, that actually yeah. matters in the world. Yeah. I, I remember back to when I was training full-time in athletics and like, I was like, yeah, I want to go to the Olympics and everything. And then one day it just hit me and I'm like, I'm putting in six to 12 months at a time of freaking work that I hated to get 0.1 of a second faster over hundred meters. And like, I got to the point where I like my, my best time was like a 10.8 and I was, you know, one of the quickest guys in Australia and I was, like I was on that path and I was doing really well. Mm. And one day it just hit me. I'm like, this is fucking pointless. Mm. This does not matter. Mm. Um, you know, there's like the amount of work I had to put in to go from a 10.9 to a 10.8. It's just not worth it. Mm. And everything in my life was, was crumbling down because of that. So yeah, like, yeah, that's, that's one thing that people have to remember when they're on social media, looking at these fitness influencers. Right. You're only seeing the part of their life that they're really good at. Yep. They're only looked that way because they're good at that. Yep. That's something that people need to get. Something people need to accept is that you look at these people. If you don't look like that, you probably can't and you probably never will. Mm. Multiple reasons. Number one, because that is what they are good at. They are good at training. That's also what they're passionate about. Exactly. And usually you're only passionate about the things that you're good at. Sure. You know, nobody's yeah. really ever passionate about things they suck. No. <laughs> no. So they're amazing at it. They're super passionate about it, which means that they're going to enjoy it for longer than you. Yeah. Um, and if it's something that you're good at, you're more likely to do it even on the days that you don't enjoy it. That's number one. Two, genetics. Genetics are massive. Mm. If you don't have the genetics of Arnold, I don't care how much work you put into mm. yourself, how much juice you take, you will never look half as good as that. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Mm. Um, well, I can, I can speak that from my own experience, right? Yeah. Like, if, you, if anyone knows about, like, body categories, I would be what they call an ectomorph, and I try not to label or associate too much, yeah. but basically means I'm fucking tall and lanky and skinny, yeah. right? So I'll never look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, no matter how much fucking gear I take. And if I did, fuck, I would make myself very sick in the fucking process. And you're right, genetics do play a part because we're all built differently. And I don't want to just... That's the other thing as well. People fucking blame genetics, right? For, for their excuses of being fucking fat and lazy. And it's like, oh, it's genetics. And it's like, when did you go for a last workout? I haven't. Yeah, exactly. But like, I'm genetically more adapted to losing weight mm -hmm. and to staying really lean and having kind of a six pack. But, you know, other people are more genetically disposed to being able to put on muscle, but would probably carry extra body fat in, inside of all that as well. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And it's it's about like rather than looking at them and being like I want to look like that. Yeah. It's like okay, this guy looks absolutely incredible for who he is, what mm. he was what he was given, everything. That's amazing. Mm. What would I look like if I was doing the same kind of things? Like mm. what I could, what could I possibly look like? You know, I I remember I used to look at guys that had like really really good six pack genetics, just like deep lines and shit. Like they would like that's like oh man, I want to look like that. But then I had to take a look at myself and be like, no, I don't have that genetics. Like, I have the genetics of someone like Arnold, 
who yeah. really only has like a four pack at any given time and maybe like a faint one or two at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no matter how lean I get, I've been like 8% body fat and still didn't really see much yeah. of it. Um, but you need to look at your at your strengths and you need to look at like what you can actually do and what your body is actually good at. Mm. And also to look at what actually is truly important exactly. to, to you. You know, like for us, as we said, you know, one of our philosophies is train to live, mm -hmm. don't live to train. Now, if you're passionate about training and fitness and bodybuilding and getting super shredded because that's genuinely your, your path and the thing that lights you up most and you want to compete, like, yes. fuck, kudos to you. But if you're just mm -hmm. like... You know, us, we have, I'm, I'm a very multi-passionate person. I have an interest. We're building Red Feather. You know, it would be super unrealistic of me to expect myself to be totally cut, totally shredded, sacrificing other areas of my life, yeah. you know, in order to achieve this thing. And what, what do you think, man, is is the impact this is having on, on men mm -hmm. and, and probably especially young men through, you know, these, these fitness influences, influence and this social media influence? It's... It is having a, a net negative impact, mm. impact, I think. I think the the like the spirit of it mm. is, is there and it's positive. You know, like men men need to and should look up to things that are greater than themselves right. to aspire to. You know, like I mean, that's why we have part of the reason why we have religion and like the Greek gods were all these like super massive hulking guys with right, awesome right, right. beards and stuff. <laughs> like we need to look at things that are like in a way unattainable. So that we can mm. strive to be there. Sure. Like that whole thing, like shoot for the stars, but if you miss, you'll still hit the moon. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah, yeah. Um, so that is important, but it's this like we need to be looking at these things, knowing that that's not actually realistically possible. But I'm going to try my hardest to get there mm. anyway. Um, the problem that like so many men have is that they look at that and. The thing that gets them is the the sales side of the fitness influencers, where they go, yeah, if you buy this stuff, you'll look just like me. Yeah. <laughs> the whole liver, liver king thing of like, yeah, eat my way, and then you're gonna be looking like me. But then you don't see the mountains of HGH and all this other stuff that's uh, yeah. been taken for six years. Yep. So it's that it's that sales thing where people are unfortunately naive enough to go, oh, oh, okay, yeah, that's just the answer to all my problems. Yeah. They pay their money, they put the effort in, and then they still don't look like that. Yeah. And then it's like, oh my God, I'm fucking useless. Well, that's it. And then it feeds that cycle, right? So yeah. it lowers self-esteem, it lowers self-worth. Yeah. We feel inadequate. So then what do we do? We look for the next fucking program or miracle product or supplement that's going to fix that. And then do it. And then when you try that and it doesn't work, now we're just boom, 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 boom. Exactly. I especially think it's like really impactful on, on young men, you know, mm -hmm. like no one talks about this shit. We just see fucking social media and everyone's super ripped and super fit and, and, and you know, women are massive about talking about like body dysmorphia and body shame and stuff. But yeah. I knew for myself as a young male that I dealt with these things and I've never really heard, heard men talk about body dysmorphia, but like, it's fucking real. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. so fucking real. Like never feeling like enough, no matter how ripped you are, you're looking in the mirror, you're never happy. You know, and then how does that play out into other areas of your life, like with business and, and finance and relationships? Like if you look at yourself, you don't feel enough, you've got body dysmorphia, you've got low confidence now when you're showing up in the boardroom or whatever, that shit carries, carries through. And so I think it's so important that we start to address these things, that mm -hmm. body dysmorphia is something we all experience. Yep. And that it's okay to be in the skin you're in. Mm -hmm. um, with the caveat to that is don't let that be an excuse not to fucking do anything. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You can be okay with waking up and like and not hating on yourself every single day, 
at the same time knowing that you could be doing so much better. Yeah. And putting in that putting in that work. And one thing I'd love to touch on as well is like with that body dysmorphia and this propensity for young men to be just looking at these kind of sort of like unattainable social figures mm. to what their like ideal man is mm. from physical, like intellectual, Andrew Tate, relationships, everything, right? The it's the biggest problem that I, I I believe it is and the main driver for it is the fact that men like young boys in the modern world don't have solid father figures and solid fathers yeah. in their life. Fucking earth. I remember like, you know, being being a young kid. My dad, he's about my height, a little taller, maybe like five, eight, five, nine. But he was like hundred and forty kilos. And his hands were like twice the size of mine. His wrists were massive and like he was Whoa. just huge, just twice as wide as I was. Um, just a full-on like ecto endomorph. Yeah. This massive, massive guy, and he was super strong. And I remember when I was like a little kid, I was like, "My dad's stronger than your dad," and like, you know, having those little fights with kids at school. And so many men don't have that. Like, so many men are looking at their dads and going like, "Oh, you're fat. You're this. You're that. You can't play with me anymore. You can't run with me." And yeah, they're going well. Like, they're searching and yearning for like, what is like. Like, what could I possibly be? What is the possibility for me? Yeah. And if they can't see the ultimate possibility for what they could be yeah. as a man in their own father, yeah. they're going to go to people like Andrew Tate and people like, you know, the Liver King and all this other kind of, of stuff. And they're not their dad. They don't give a fuck about you, man. No, care. as long as you keep buying the supplements, that's, that's, that's when they care about you. Exactly. But that's perfect, man. Like, my father, like, was a fucking awesome role model for me you know like he was a lot older he had me when he was like 40 so by the time I was playing football and I was like in my teenage years you know he's like mid 50s now um, all the other dads are probably around that like 40 45 mark so he's like punting 10 years man they would all be sitting drinking beers eating crap watching their sons play and my dad was the guy who threw his hand up go run the boundary yeah every fucking single time and now man he's almost 70 Still rides his motorcycle, still chopping wood, still yep. working, still just slaying. Like, I, I wouldn't dare to pick a fight with my father, <laughs> even at his age. I'm waiting till he's like 90, 95, and then I might have a, yeah, have a yeah. chance with him. But, uh, you know, I'm fortunate that I had that role model and that someone that I could look up to that set that great example, not just in terms of physical, but also yeah. emotional and the way he treated my mother and, mm -hmm. you know, the way he worked really hard. And so, you're right, I feel like there's a, a, a massive gap or lack of good male role models and therefore young people and even older people turn to these fitness influencers to try and give them a glimmer of hope but mm -hmm. without getting the full picture they just find the flaws within themselves exactly exactly you know? and that's not a uh, like not an excuse and a reason for like these young men to just completely disavow responsibility for their own lives Fuck no. like, oh well it's just because my dad's not around like no not at all like my my dad was not healthy like, yeah. he was very very overweight and he didn't do a huge amount of like physical stuff he didn't play sports and everything yeah. he played a lot of video games and stuff his natural genetic propensity was just that he was fucking massive and strong yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. And that definitely um, like molded some of my values in my own strength and like strength and conditioning kind of things. Like mm. I was never super, super concerned about being like the most jacked or super shredded at right. all times. My biggest thing was like I want to get really strong. Because yeah. obviously it came from my dad being super strong. Of course. Um, you know, it like what I had to do is like, okay, like you know, these are the areas that I feel like my dad kind of failed in that and yeah. he could have done better. <clears throat> and then instead of just going like, oh, well, that's me, that's my life, whatever. 
you have to actually take some responsibility and go, all right, well, am I going to do the same thing or am I going to actually make mm. some changes, look at myself so that I'm not like that for my son and that so I can create a better image and example. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So on that note of taking responsibility, mm. let's let's segue down to guess where people perhaps aren't taking responsibility or yeah. avoiding responsibility mm. through certain, uh, let's call it language and yes. means and stuff. What, what, what am I talking about here? A little spiritual bypass. Yeah. <laughs> Well, what is spiritual bypassing for those who have fucking maybe no idea? No, spiritual bypassing is that, you know, it's a bit of a meme now, but it's, you know, you have a, have a chat to your mate who loves crystals and he likes going to, you know, cacao ceremonies and stuff. And yeah. you're like, hey man, you, what are you doing with your business? Oh, I'm manifesting. I'm really feeling into it right now. Uh-huh. It's basically just an excuse. Yeah. With like, it's an excuse wrapped up in a really nice bow. Yeah. A nice spiritual bow with like nice language and everything, light language and shit like that. Yeah. To basically not actually do anything in their life. Yeah. And just waiting for life to come to them. Yeah. Yeah, and I've been involved in these communities, and I've I've been involved in some some beautiful communities and met some beautiful people through these. But the common theme and thread that I found for a lot of these people was like, yeah, using this fucking bullshit language. You know, making excuses, um, letting the world or things outside of them decide. Um, never making clear choices, um, you know, just and just kind of staying kind of with with where they're at, and, and you know, for those that don't, we call it spiritual bypassing. So you may have experiences, you may not. You ask someone how they are, and they're just like, oh, I'm just really coming into my truth, or I'm just like things are really aligning for me today. And you're like, well, what does that mean? Oh, they're just like coming together. I'm like, what? What the fuck is coming together? You know, we were talking about this in the car earlier about how this might apply to, say, fitness and, and people's health. Yeah. Um, what, what were some of the things we kind of, you know, thought of or came up with? Um, it's, it's, this, it's this very, what I'll say is, it's not a very masculine way of living. Mm. Um, the, the, the feminine way of living is, you know, being this awesome amazing being and allowing yeah. life to come to you shout out to you, the feminine yeah shout out to the feminine like it's a massive massive important thing yeah. men do not thrive in that mm. and you know us specifically talking about men in this situation it's men who are biologically evolutionarily spiritually mentally designed mm-hmm. to go out into the world and do shit mm-hmm. And they're sitting at home on the couch waiting for life to come to them. Mm. And it doesn't work. Like, it, it just doesn't happen. Like, no no women are going to come to you. You have to go out and yeah. find a relationship. Yeah. Fitness and health, your ideal body, your ideal yeah. way of living isn't going to come to you. You have to get out there and get that shit. So, for women, yeah, it, it may work a lot better. You know, yeah. women, women are one of the only things in the world that are loved for being themselves. Mm. Men... As much as it sucks sometimes and it creates a lot of issues um, within men's psyche, men are loved first by what they can actually do in the world and what they provide, and second by who they are. Yep. Um, and that's just a sad fact of reality, but it's you know it serves an important purpose. Yeah. Because I believe if men didn't actually have that deep rooted desire to actually provide something, yeah. then we would still be living in the Stone Age. Mm. Like nothing would actually be developed. Mm. Um, so it's really, really important. And by men just sitting on the couch and just going, oh, I'm listening to my emotions. And <clears throat> you, yeah. can't be, you can't be, you can, you know, be in touch with your emotions and know what you're feeling at all times. But as soon as you start allowing your life to be controlled by emotions, you're a ship without a rudder. You're just at whim of how you feel each day. Right, right, right. Nothing, nothing's going to get done. Yeah, well, that's it. You could sit there and 
talk about your fitness plan and getting overweight and oh, why didn't why haven't been training at the gym? Oh, it's just not really in in alignment for me, you know, or or it just it just doesn't feel right. And I'm like, man, there's fucking days I don't fucking feel like going to the gym. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like eating well. I just want to like binge and have some burgers and watch Netflix. And don't get me wrong, I have my days of that too. Yeah. But, you know, you say, ah, oh, it just doesn't feel right. Or it's not in alignment or it's not in like my highest truth. Well, I think getting actually really healthy so you can show up for the world is probably should be in everyone's. Highest truth, yeah. Highest truth. I, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, I guess to, to kind of segue into to stay in that realm of the yeah. sort of spiritual world, man. Like I'd love to hear your your input on, on this topic of like um, something that really really pushed me away from the spiritual world and everything. Mm. Um, even before I was actually in it, yeah. was this pol- prolific use of like you know men being vulnerable. Mm. Like men need to learn how to be more vulnerable. Come right. to this space where we can be vulnerable together yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. I never really knew at the time what was kind of pushing me away. Mm. Um, I, I remember I felt very like wrong for being pushed away by that word. Yeah. I felt like that was something that was wrong with me. Right. I feel very different now, but I'd love to kind of hear your take on it. Yeah, man, absolutely. And I think like I, before I like go into that, I, I definitely learned a lot from like my engagements with spiritual community and even these like spiritual men, I think some of their strength is their ability to tap into feminine nature at times which i think like a lot of men do also lack because we're always in the fucking getting shit done and you know it's needed to you know play and laugh and dance and create and draw and sit in nature like they're all feminine you know based activities fun fact drinking beer with your buddies at the bar is actually a feminine uh, in nature Very feminine, and it lowers testosterone physically. yeah there you go but you know so I, I learned a lot from these men in these spaces in terms of some of that stuff and i got to express the more playful parts of me but when i looked at these men i was not inspired to be like them or work towards what they were up to in life and even some of these men that i've seen now over five six seven eight years they're in the same position in life they're not really in shape. They're doing the same things. They're still broke as fuck. Living out of a van. Yeah, living out of a fucking van, yeah. down at the fucking beach, spinning fucking toys. And again, yeah. I, I love that shit too, but yeah. if that's just it forever, I'm like, sorry, man, I'm not signing up for that. Like, I never really saw anyone in the spiritual community like a strong man who had his shit together, who was really showing up, who was leading. Like, it's all just a bunch of kind of followers. Yeah. And part of that was, as you kind of said, this thing around vulnerability. <clears throat> now... My relationship with vulnerability has been quite quite interesting. Um, you know, it, it just kind of started for me about just becoming more open about what I was actually feeling. Yeah. And that was always how I associated vulnerability was my ability to be open. And I would say that I'm a very open guy. Like I'm willing to share fucking anything like yeah. about my herpes, about breakups, about my mental health, you know, about what's really going on for me. And that's really, really important. But you're right. I think there is a large uh, emphasis on men to to be vulnerable. Yeah. And what do you think the setbacks are of that? Yeah. Well, I think the, the first thing is like we need to get we need to get really clear on what we're actually saying mm. and like the actual definitions of of the words that we're using because you know words are you know basically words are spells. We're spelling out basically right. the reality around us when we're using words. So the actual definition of vulnerability is, I may be paraphrasing a little bit here, but it's basically to be susceptible to or weak against attack, whether right. it's emotional or physical. Yeah. So it literally means to be weak to something. Yeah. And by using that word in the context of like men need to learn how to be more vulnerable, mm. you're literally just telling men you need to learn how to be weaker. 
But the problem is, and I, I say all the time, is like men don't need to learn how to be more vulnerable. They need to learn how to be more honest. They need to learn how to be open. There's a very, very stark difference. Vulnerability is like, you know, I'm, I say, oh, I, I have herpes, guys. And then if some guy across the corner goes, oh, you fucking dickhead. And I start crying. That's me being super vulnerable to that. Mm. But I can be super open honest and be like, hey, guys, I, I got herpes. And then some guy can be like, oh, you fucking dickhead. I just does not phase me in the slightest. I'm not vulnerable to that. Gotcha. Um, so I think men, saying that men need to be more vulnerable is really, really counterintuitive mm. because men coming into those spaces, mm. um, you know, to be open and honest and talk about the things that they're really struggling with, yeah. that is them talking about their vulnerabilities. Right. It's not them actually acting vulnerable. Um, and to say that people are being vulnerable in those spaces is also wrong because part of that space is actually safety. And you can't be vulnerable in a safe space. You can't be both. So you can't actually be vulnerable to like attack uh-huh. if it's in a safe space. Uh-huh. Yeah. So like yeah. the safety uh-huh. takes away that, that attack. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when I've been in spaces like that and I've been super open, mm-hmm. which people say oh, I'm being really vulnerable, it's actually because I feel safe. Exactly. You know, but I want to say, I think what's really important to, as a key distinction here is mm. not to assume that the opposite of vulnerability, therefore, is like this thing of men mm. putting on this armor and putting on this mask no. and blocking the, the world out, like, yeah. from themselves. Like, that's not the opposite, right? Like, I think really for me, you know, outside of being actually open and being honest, which is really important for men, especially now, is just to fucking be yourself. Yeah. Right, like to really just be you because like assuming that you need to be vulnerable or men, people need to be vulnerable assumes that there's something you're doing that's not wrong and maybe you're just not being open and honest and then assuming the opposite of you have to be invulnerable means you're probably just putting on a fucking front and you know, things like this, so yeah. Exactly, yeah. And a lot of, what a lot of men do, I think to, to be invulnerable is to not be themselves, is to not share things about themselves openly and honestly, openly yep. honestly. And that is actually being vulnerable. That's, that's hiding away behind this armor and like just being super secluded. Yeah. The real, like, what vulnerability like really means in this sense is being completely open and honest yeah. and going like, hey, world, this is me, yeah. my good, my dark, my everything. Yeah. And then no matter what anyone says or does, it yeah. doesn't affect you. Yeah. That's real vulnerability. I'm uh, sorry, invulnerability. Yeah. But to me, being able to go like, oh, no, I, I can't say this stuff. So, like, I can't do this stuff because somebody's going to make fun of me or someone's going to have a different opinion to me yeah. and I won't like that. And yeah. that's really, really weak. That's really fucking vulnerable. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I guess what's, what's important is that you can just be yourself. You can be open. Yeah. You can be honest. And look, you know, it is hard when men have encouraged other men not to be open and to be honest and, yeah. you know, share what's actually really going on because of fear of ridicule or fear of being alone. And yeah. that's something we, you know, we really want to address on. And even for myself, as quite an open guy, like recently going through some mental health stuff, like yeah. I had a really hard time, like finally drawing the line in the sand and actually admitting to it, you know, like it was there in the background for a long time. And even as myself as an open guy, like it's still fucking hard. Like I'm not saying it's easy, but it, it's required to be done, mm-hmm. you know? And we're not all fucking perfect. You know, I had, a, I had an event recently in my life with, with, you know, my partner and the person I was dating that I wasn't honest mm-hmm. and I wasn't open and it had massive consequences, yep. you know? It had massive consequences. And if I had just been open and been honest and not hidden away, right, things would have been vastly yes. different in that scenario. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, I think 
to add on to that, like Jordan Peterson says it perfectly, where like the the greatest adventure you could possibly have in life is by telling the truth. Hmm. Like that is the greatest possible adventure that you could have because it's it's like venturing into the unknown. You know, like if you tell lies, you are trying to manufacture your own future in a way that you can kind of control. And that's, right. you know, in its essence, not having, being open to the adventure of life. Yeah, which is funny because that brings back to our fitness influencers, right, who lie about this one facet of their life exactly. to try and, you know, perceive this other thing, right? Exactly. And then you get fucking suckered in, you're buying the fucking shitty supplements, now you're on the fad train dogma and the whole thing really just feeds into itself. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You got these people that are like, you know, they're taking the, the best angles and the best lighting and they're getting a massive pump before they take photos <laughs> and they're manufacturing their own image of, of themselves. Yeah. And in an essence, they are lying, um, like lying completely through their teeth so that they can just basically create their own perception of from you. Mm. Um, and that's what we do when we, when we lie. We, you know, you, you know, you do something wrong in your relationship and you don't tell your girlfriend. You don't tell your wife. Yeah. You are manufacturing basically her reaction by not telling her. Mm. But if you tell the truth, it's like, I don't know how she's going to react. Like, mm. fuck, she could leave me. Like, that's scary. But it's also the adventure of life. And it's also like, yeah, like he says, there's no greater adventure that you could possibly go on than telling the truth all the time. Mm. Um, Which is hard. Telling the truth is hard. So hard. Man. But it's again, so hard. if we bring it into, you know, while we're stand for health and fitness, mm. going to the gym when you're fucking tired, it's hard. Yes. You know, going for a new PB is is, is hard. You know, like yep. being tired, being sore, you know, still doing the thing anyway, that's hard. And that helps us build that mental fortitude, exactly. real life experience and examples of doing hard shit. So then we can do other hard shit such as telling the truth. Exactly, exactly. The, the gym, not the gym itself, but like training, yeah. whatever you're doing, whether, you're, whether it's in the gym or it's in the pool or you're going to be running, whatever. It is the ultimate testing ground for basically testing your own mental resilience that will carry over in every aspect of your life. Mm. Um, you know, like cold plunges, for example, are a really good one. Like, yeah, they got some health benefits. And sure. Sure, fucking whatever. Um, the biggest thing with cold plunges is you're getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. And you're basically learning about how your body reacts yeah. and how your mind reacts when you get into situations that are uncomfortable, painful, life-threatening, yeah. etc. So when you're doing a really hard workout and you're at like 190 beats per minute, you feel like you're gonna die. Yeah. That little bitch in your brain will be like, "Oh, just just stop. Nobody's nobody's watching. Like the camera's on. Yeah. Nobody will see it. Like you could just stop." And you're learning more about yourself so that when you get into those situations where like you know your girlfriend breaks up with you or you lose your job or something, you know how you're gonna react. You know that critic comes into your mind and you've been past it before. Mm. Um, so it's, it's not about, yeah, the gym is for us and, you know, for Red Feather as a whole. It's not about, you know, getting in there and let's get jacked and shredded and, oh, yeah, bro. It's literally testing for life. You're training for life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, I think that's a bit of a wrap today. And I think, yeah, we just want to shine a bit of light on some of the fad diet, the mm. fitness influences, you know, the spiritual community and just some of, like, their shortcomings and, I guess why this is like real talk with Red Feathers, we actually want to have some real talk and share some of the light with the dark and, and, and vice versa and realize that we're, all, we're not all fucking perfect, but it's like, are you willing to, to do the thing? Are you willing to put in the work? Are you willing to be yourself? Are you willing to be real? Are you willing to choose your own path and not really pay attention to all these other perceived uh, role models exactly. out there? But um, thanks for tuning in, guys. If you want to follow along um, with more at red.feather.fitness on Instagram, um, we're running some cool events soon. We've got some coaching programs available. If you're interested in any of that, just hit us up. Totally no pressure, but we'd love to support men in their lives with what they're going through. 
So if you're a man, you're having a bit of a hard time, you just wanna have a chat, just feel free to reach out to us. If you want some support with your fitness, we're here for that. Or if you're a woman, you've got a brother, you know, a father, a husband, a nephew, anyone that might be struggling, um, we love to support them and just, uh, you know, share our essence with the world, man. So that's it. Well said.